25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, baby. Where you at, Mr. Clower? That's what I'm talking about. Welcome in to the Dad Gum Show. That might be the way we start it every day. Just welcome in to the Dad Gum Show. We mass communicate. One at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh, yes. That's a powerful new force. Mm-hmm. Shake a leg, Junior. Shake a leg, Junior. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. And uh, we're not in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood today. Rogers got bigger fish to fry. It ain't. He's not off of work. He's not taking a day off. In fact, he is working, and very importantly, just not in here with us. In the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents. Competitive rates. Fast service. Friendly service. Deal with them one-on-one. The way it ought to be. Nope. No Roger today. Instead, it is somebody who... If you listen in Jackson. If you listen to this show in Jackson. WRKS. The Zone. 105.9. You are very familiar with the one and the only. At this time of day, in fact, Beaver. Stand up, take a bow, Beaver. Hello, Matt Wyatt. Hello, sir. I'm back driving this bus. Back, back in the saddle again. (laughs) Back in the big chair in uh, the middle of the day. That's great. It's just like, it's like nothing ever changed. That's right. It's like nothing ever changed. We did get a text message on the text line at uh, 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. You want to text the show from Zach? And he was like, "Uh, hey, this is Zach. I'm wondering why the Matt show or the gridiron is not on 105.9. And then he said, somebody text me and let me know, please. Beaver, that is a dedicated listener. A concerned listener. Citizen. And so we let him know. Look, when you make a change, I've been through this kind of stuff before um, several times, whether it be stations or time slots and shows and stuff. And uh, it's all, you know, any change is a little unsettling. It throws you for a loop. And it doesn't matter how many times you announce it ahead of time. It, it's just it takes a while to, to get it all situated. And so um, here we are, Zach. I, I let Zach know the details on a text, but I'm Matt Wyatt. The Matt Wyatt Show moved back a couple of hours. Um, if you listen live earlier in the day, if you listen to this show in the evenings in Vicksburg or in Batesville and other places, then you're not affected. But if you listen live in Jackson, 
uh, early in the day, uh, we moved back. So this show is airing 12 to 2. Swap places with the gridiron. And so starting next week, you'll have Chris and Beaver from 10 to noon uh, ahead of this when everything get back to normal. It's just kind of like, you know, July 4th, a little bit of vacation time for everybody. And then once you get on into July, football really does pick up. And one of the other things that happens is everybody starts gearing up for SEC media days. Beaver, you know what I did this morning? Tell me. Man, I registered for my media credential for SEC football media days. Oh, you're going to go participate in that craziness? Yeah, I've been there, you know, uh, I, I mean, every year for I don't know how long. Well, I take that back. I didn't go last year because they moved it to Atlanta. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. It was the first time in a long time they took media days for football away from Birmingham, away from Hoover. They moved it to Atlanta last year. And I was actually set up to go, and then last minute a couple of things popped up and didn't get to make it. But, uh, yeah, so I went ahead this year and registered and reserved the hotel room. It's going to be a heck of a couple of days for me when that rolls around. But at any rate, if you're listening to this, um, unless something pops up, then less than a month. I don't know how many days, and I can tell you exactly. Let's see. So one, two. Exactly three weeks from today. Three weeks from today, you will be listening to this show from SEC Media Days in Hoover on Radio Row. It's kind of a madhouse. Some people turn their nose up to it. I'm not going to go for the whole week. I'm through doing that kind of thing. But uh, three weeks from today, on Tuesday of that week of Media Days, you'll have Matt Luke there from Ole Miss. And then three weeks from tomorrow, on the 17th, you'll have Joe Moorhead, Mississippi State, will be there. So we'll broadcast over there in Hoover those couple days and then bring it on home. And the guy who will cover the whole week, I think, everything goes according to plan, for uh, the team over here, Matt Wyatt Media and mattwyattmedia.com, is Brett Hudson, who is on your radio right now via the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, they are your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. And here he is on the phone, Brett Hudson. Hey, Brett, you uh, recovered from Omaha? I don't know that one truly recovers from Omaha. You just get your body functional from mm. Omaha. And I figure I'm, I'm about a day or two away from that. What's more, um, what's more of a shock to your system, Omaha for a week and a half or a bachelor party? Oh, probably <laughs> Omaha. It's close, though. It's close. Pretty close. You know what else is close is SEC Media Days. Did you hear me in the lead-up? We're th- three weeks from today, we'll be over there. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's crazy. We don't really we don't really get off-seasons at schools where they're good at baseball. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, hey, and I'm going to talk to you about baseball in just a sec. It's one of the things I wanted to chat with you. But since we're on it real quick, football, um, what do you think the storyline will be? What do you think the storyline is going to be for let's you know and we'll look at Mississippi State in three weeks when Moorhead goes to Media Days? What do you think all the storyline is going to be? Well, it's going to be you, pretty boy quarterbacks, mm-hmm. your people yep. sucking the sucking the air out of the room. Everybody's <laughs> going to be wondering about Tommy Stevens and his battle with with Keaton Thompson and Jalen Maiden and Garrett Schrader and 
the grad transfer QB is uh, always uh, a monstrous storyline, especially when they go to a Power 5 school. Now, avid followers of mine, remember I did some research on that subject back when, uh, when Tommy Stevens committed and, and pointed out that one-year grad transfer QBs in the Power 5 uh, they've got they've got a hit rate that is a lot lower than than you would think. It's probably somewhere in the in the twenty to fifteen percent range of, of one year grad transfer QBs into a Power Five school that actually work out the way everyone seems to think they will. Uh, but but of the other side of that coin is very few of those guys in that sample size that I collected um, have the prior experience with their new coach that, that Tommy Stevens has being a uh, a guy that played for Joe Moorhead for two years at, at Penn State when when Joe was the offensive coordinator up there in, in State College. Uh, so that'll that'll be the the predominant storyline. I think I think people should probably be more interested in what State State does at wide receiver mm-hmm. uh, since that's what ultimately held last year's offense back and very well could do it again if they don't find an answer there. And then on both lines of scrimmage, they've got a couple of really key cogs on the offensive line to replace, and then basically everyone on the defensive line uh, to replace. And there's some obvious air repairs there, Chauncey Rivers being the the most obvious. But there, there are some answers to – there are some questions to answer on, on both lines of scrimmage. But I think that the prominent storyline will be your people, your quarterbacks. My people, yeah. Your people. You know, and it, at this point in my life, too, I almost feel guilty even saying my people are the skill players because, the, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't even remember what it's like to have skill, you know. <laughs> Brett Hudson on your radio. That's it. One more thing on that. You mentioned receiver. That's kind of what I was thinking as you're talking. I'm going, in reality, is it possible that the biggest impact transfer could be that receiver from Kansas State, Isaiah Zuber? So... What do you think on that, and how healthy is he, or do they expect him to be? They they need him to be. That's for sure. Uh, they they need they need either immediate impact from a guy like Zuber or from the the junior college transfer transfer Javante Payton, yeah. uh, or they just need significant development from the Stephen Gidry, the Osiris Mitchell, the um, the Devonte Wap Jasons of the world, or they need a newcomer. To show uh, maybe a, a Cameron Gardner, a Starkville product who, who registered last year, who's apparently done some really impressive things mm. uh, over the, the spring and summer. Maybe he's someone that breaks out into being something a lot bigger than than anyone anticipated. They certainly need something in, in that wide receiver core, and whether it's development from Mitchell and Gidry and, and Wap and others, whether it's newcomers like Peyton and Zuber injecting life into into the core or a, or a newcomer, a guy that whose name we don't really know yet. They, they certainly need something new, and I think that's why you saw them go get the junior college guy, Javante Payton. I want to say out of Northwest Mississippi, CC, and, and why they went and got Isaiah Zuber out of uh, Kansas State, really the, the one and only legitimate wide receiver Kansas State had last year, and, and why – They've, they've put so many resources into guys like Osiris Mitchell and, and Stephen Gidry because they know they need something, and they don't really care where it comes from. They don't have a, a preference in, in that regard. They, they just need more at, at wide receiver. Uh, so that's that's probably the true make or break of, of this offense, even though quarterback will be the one that sucks the oxygen out of the room. Sure. Brett Hudson on your radio right now. Follow him on Twitter. 
Brett underscore Hudson does a great job for us and um, need to read his stuff. And so he just got through covering baseball. Brett, is it when you predict someone to win a national championship, albeit somewhat sarcastically, does it count for you if Michigan goes on and wins tonight and wins a national title that you predicted it? <laughs> I'm sure it's that going to count it. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure going to count it. And who says it was sarcastic? I take that game very seriously. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry for... Look good, play good, man. Look good, play good. <laughs> I'm sorry for walking across that, that assumption bridge then. I'll give you credit. So Michigan, 7-4 to four last night over Vandy. How about that? That was, that was insane. Uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to see what they do with Kumar Rocker. Cause he was he was disgusting in his start against Mississippi State. And what, what really made him effective was, and this is something that can make him effective all the time, is even if his slider and his breaking stuff isn't as video game-esque as it was in that no-hitter against Duke with 19 strikeouts, he can still tunnel the fastball and the slider so well together and the fastball is so fast it can come in anywhere from 95 to 97 he can get it up to 98 or 99 when he really really wants to at the end of the game but when you have that proven consistent 95 96 and it looks just like a slider that can fall off the table on you he's it's really really difficult to hit and that's why you saw a lot of Wings and, and his starts it looks really really bad. It's because they're they're seeing fastball, fastball, fastball. They commit to a fastball, and as soon as they move their hands to that fastball location, is when that slider just drops out of nowhere mm-hmm. on them, and and they're trying to adjust their hands on the fly, and their feet are moving all over the place, and they just it just flat out look bad. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what Michigan's answer for that is now. He, he, Kumar has also had moments of inconsistency this year. So if he's if he's unable to find that, then then Michigan has shown itself perfectly willing and able to put a couple of runs up early. And with the top two starting pitchers that, that Michigan has this year, that's that's been enough so far. And in, in Omaha, put put two or three runs on the board early and and coast to coast to wins as their as their offense picks it up at the end if they absolutely. Need to. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious about that matchup, but I, I think the, the numbers bear out that, that game one win is a pretty significant advantage at any point in Omaha, but especially in, in this three game series. No doubt. And there's so much talk, um, you know, about the, the sport of college baseball and, you know, the, the inequality and in the way that scholarships are allotted in baseball versus other sports and things like that. There's a lot of talk going on about it. John Cohen was on this show last week and two very pointed comments, including one where he said for the sport of college baseball to grow the way we want it to become as powerful as we want it to, the big 10 has to be a part of it. And I'm wondering in your opinion, does Michigan winning a national title in this sport does it wake up anybody in the Big Ten, or does it take a lot more than that? I, I would hope it does. I would, I would hope what, whatever they need to wake up and, and realize that the Big Ten casting that no vote against the, the paid third assistant in college baseball was one of the most short-sighted things that 
I've ever seen the Big Ten do, which is a pretty tough list to crack, by the way. When yeah. You've got Jim Delaney as your commissioner, mm-hmm. um, uh, the king of the short-sighted thing. Yep. Uh, for, for them to do something as short-sighted as that, whatever it takes to, to wake them up and realize that it is June 25th, 2019, and we've still got volunteers coaching this, this sport um, as big as it has become, and the way Jake Mangum said it, and his final press conference was pretty mm-hmm. poignant and, and concise, I thought. What, whatever it takes for, for the Big Ten to, to wake up and realize it's time to dedicate some resources to, to its baseball programs, I'm, I'm very much in favor of just because uh, getting a, a third paid assistant in, in college baseball would be, would be a big step. I think the, I think the 11.7 scholarship limit is a little more complicated to tackle uh, just because you have to factor Title IX discussions into that and, and the scholarship numbers have to be balanced at, at these schools. So increasing baseball scholarships any, in a significant manner would probably mean some somewhat drastic changes at, at schools that plan on actually meeting that, that scholarship value, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, so right. That, that's probably more complicated, but the third paid assistant, is not complicated. And if Michigan winning a national championship is what the Big Ten needs to convince it that it should actually put resources into college baseball and try to be respectable at college baseball year over year over year instead of just having a surge of recent good teams, a good bit of that fueled by Chris Limonis, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of, of whatever it takes. So if, if Michigan has to win this national title for that third paid assistant, vote to, to go through, then go blue, baby. Go blue. Well, and yesterday, I, I think I uttered yesterday on the show, and it was just because of the SEC thing, I said, you know, I'm going to root for Vanderbilt. And then folks were like, heck no, we're not rooting for Vanderbilt. We're rooting for Michigan. They're <laughs> certainly the underdog, and now they have a, a leg up. So you're you're all go blue tonight, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, if that's what it takes. That's, that's <laughs> what it takes, man. And plus, stock game. Stock game is strong. They're bat flipping hit by pitches. They're a fantastic baseball team. I love it. Bat flipping hit by pitches. That sounds like a great line in a rap song. So just hang on to that one. Uh, that I, I'll do. I'll put it in my mixtape. Lots of rhymes you could mix and match around that, Brett. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a good one. I appreciate you. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. That's Brett Hudson. Follow him on Twitter. Brett underscore Hudson covering uh, primarily Mississippi State soon will be covering a lot of SEC football starting with SEC media days in three weeks for our team over here got our hands up over here mattwyattmedia.com he's doing a great job yeah I think um, that was a surprise not that Michigan wins it but it was a fairly dominating deal last night what was it again 7-4 the final score and Tommy Henry, the starting pitcher for Michigan, goes um, eight and a third of, what, three hit baseball? No, I'm sorry, three runs. He gave up three earned runs. Gave up four runs, but only three were earned. But here's the thing. So he gave up seven hits, but in eight and a third, he struck out eight Vanderbilt hitters and only walked one and threw 110 pitches. Just an incredible outing for Tommy Henry, the starter for Michigan. He went to 12-5 and on the year. I didn't see it happening. How about that? 
Michigan, one of the last teams in the NCAA baseball tournament, is 27 miles away from the national championship. So one thing that's cool about baseball. This kind of stuff does not happen in other sports. It just doesn't happen. Certainly didn't happen in football. You know, one of the last teams in. I, I mean, you know, like there is no equivalent in football because it's just so much different. So fewer games and fourteen playoff bowl games that are fun. Put a little cap on your year, but they don't give you a shot at winning a national title. What's the equivalent? What's the football equivalent of this? One of the, in baseball, last teams in about to win a national title if they can win one more game. What's the equivalent of that? I mean, what is it? Is it a team from the MAC playing for a national championship in football? Is that the equivalent of this? Now, I know it's Michigan, but this is baseball. (laughs) So look at the basketball example. One of the last teams in the tournament is in the national title game with a lead at halftime. It doesn't happen. It never will. There is no equivalent in football and basketball to this. Why? I don't know. I find it very interesting. Baseball is a different kind of animal, boy. Tell you what. All right, so I'll take your phone calls and get your texts and all that jazz coming up. Beaver in today for Roger. I'm Matt on the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Get down. Okay. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. More on them in a bit. If you stick around. Beaver is in today for Roger. You can be a part of the show as usual. Here's how you do that. You can text the show, 885-ESPN. Got it? 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. Let her rip, tater chip. Then you can also, which I kind of prefer, just call me on the Divinity Equipment phone. All of our guests and all the callers on this show appear. Well, appear is not the right word because that insinuates visual. They are heard on this show. <laughs> I'm like Porky Pig over here. Because of the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the Big Orange Fleet, baby. So here's that phone number. It is 995-1059. It's a 601 number. 995-1059. Call me anytime, anything, doesn't matter. Let her rip. 
And Beaver, I don't have a call screen, so if we get somebody calling in, just hit me up. Let me know. You can text me. You can just jump right in and say, hey, man, phone call. Ma, meatloaf, whatever it takes. All right, uh, real quick, on the text line right here, I'm looking at it. It says, Matt, there's a debate going on on the message boards as to whether Brad Cumbest can compete successfully in both football and baseball. You being a former college athlete, knowing what it takes to be good in just one sport. Do I really, though? Says, having seen Brad, what's your take? Uh, Here's the thing on that, the dual sport deal. I love it. I think it's great. Anybody who's good enough and can handle it. The, The workload is tough. I would think to really fully maximize what you can do in two sports, it would require an individual who's really, really focused and driven and like just locked in all the time. And I don't know if Brad is or isn't that way. I don't know him that well. I don't know. I would think that's what it takes. Because I know for one sport, pretty much that's what it takes, let alone two but some people are just so talented, it doesn't matter. And a lot of people have done it over the years. The other thing is, too, you know, you see a lot of quarterbacks who are two-sport people. Um, not always, but you see a lot of those. Nothing against playing tight end. I mean, yeah, you got to be very mentally prepared. But being mentally prepared and ready to play, from a mental standpoint, tight end versus, say, quarterback, it's not even in the same league. It's just not. Yeah, you got to think about a lot. Nothing like QB. You know, I was looking at, who was it? Uh, who was that? Arkansas. Arkansas had a quarterback who was one of their starting pitchers, right? Jameis Winston did two sports when he was in college at FSU. So I would just leave it at this. You know, he's a first-year player. I don't I don't know him. I don't know the details of that kind of stuff. I know that they are, like, really, really high on his potential as a baseball player. And they really like him as a football player, but he plays a position that's got some, I'm talking some fire-breathing future pro players in that roster at tight end around him on the football team. That I do know. All right, look, I brought up Florida State. We're doing this countdown of 100 football teams leading up to the start of the season in the last 100 days leading up. And so right now it's time for number 67. I think I kind of gave it away who it is from the countdown. Here we go. Put the ball down. 67 days from right now, it's going to be Saturday, August the 31st. You hear me? You hear me? Just about two months. Yeah, 68 days, 67 days from right now to be August the 31st. And team number 67 on my countdown, I just mentioned them a minute ago, have this iconic fight song thing they play in the stadium. And it's real cool, even though they were terrible last year. Come on. Yeah, I don't know if the Braves play a different version of this. 
I don't know if the Chiefs play a different version of this. I just know this is the Florida State version of the Chop Chop. You know, good and well, it doesn't get cooler than that. I think that one... I think that one and USC, the, the Trojan March thing that USC does, probably are one and two for me. Everybody has always pointed to the Michigan fight song, Hail to the Victor, and then the everybody's always pointed to Notre Dame's fight song. It's all cool. None of those hold a candle to what Florida State's playing when they do this chop thing in their stadium and the Trojan March by USC. None of them hold a candle to that. First up, interesting facts about Florida State University. Hey, Beaver, you ever been to FSU in Tallahassee? I have not. I've never been to a game there. I've driven through the campus, been through the town a bunch. Uh, it's not too far from where my dad lives in Dothan, Alabama. <clears throat> but I really want to go. It's it's a cool-looking place. Man, that, that football program like fell off the edge of a cliff, to say the least. There was an article out yesterday about how Jimbo Fisher, the now Texas A&M millionaire, 10, 11 different times millionaire because of his contract at A&M, just left that program in absolute shambles. You talk about underachieving. All those years, Clemson was winning national championships, two of them now recently, you know. They never out-recruited Florida State. Every year, Florida State was the number one recruiting class in the ACC. Every year, Clemson. Winning it all. <laughs> Underachieving. And then he leaves, and it just fell apart. Big old fat mess that Jimbo Fisher left at Florida State. And now Willie Taggart takes a job. They're terrible last year, and they blame it on him. But I digress. Interesting facts about Florida State. Established in 1851. 41,900 students, $700 million endowment. Big. It's big, y'all. Twice the size of the enrollment at State or Ole Miss. Other facts. Did you know this, Beaver? Florida State has a graduate program specifically for acting I did not know that. I didn't either. Now, you expect that at, like, you know, NYU. You expect that at USC, UCLA, right? You don't expect it at Florida State. (laughs) Why Florida State? FSU has a lot of club sports, including, you ready for this? Battleship. (laughs) Hey, real quick, Matt Wyatt, um... Now that you mentioned the Florida State acting thing, yeah. the first name I'm connecting, didn't Burt Reynolds go to Florida State? Bingo! Played... Ah, makes sense then. Hey, as a matter of fact, if you Google Florida State University famous alumni, he's the first one that pops up. Burt Reynolds, boom, number one. But listen to this list. Burt Reynolds. Jim Morrison from The Doors. Whoa. Obviously Deion Sanders. Hey, Beaver. Richard Simmons. <laughs> sweating to the oldies. <laughs> he started sweating to the oldies at FSU. Richard Simmons. With the FSU. Here's one for you. Lee Corso. 
This guy is an actor, Paul Gleason. If you saw his face, you'd know it as you would Cheryl Hines, the actress. You know who Cheryl Hines is, right? Oh, yeah. I'm having trouble putting her face to her name. Don't tell that lie. Look it up. (laughs) I hear you over there laughing. (laughs) Faye Dunaway, famous actress. Um, A woman named Nancy Culp who was a is a very recognizable face. She was a famous actress in like the 50s and 60s. She was on all kinds of shows, and she was on one. I can't remember what it was. Something I've watched. I don't know. Did you know that Brooks Kepka, world's best golfer right now, went to uh, Florida State? <laughs> hey, and I'm looking, again, if you look up actors and actresses, famous alumni at Florida State, you'll kind of be knocked back by it. There's a bunch of them. Because they have an acting school. We never knew that about Florida State. All right, uh, football on the football front, since we're previewing football teams. Florida State, what they win, five games last year. They are going to begin the season 67 days from today, Saturday, August 31st, hosting Boise State. Well, I think it's neutral side. I don't know where they're playing it, but Florida State's going to be the home team. Chop, chop while you can, because Boise State's going to beat that butt in 67 days. Just get ready for it. What about football scheduling? I got a thing I ran across I want to make you aware of something. That's coming up next here on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. How about this? By the way, I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. My show, the Matt Wyatt Show, and the Gridiron switch places. Starting next Monday, you're going to get the Gridiron from 10 to noon and me right here from noon to 2 on The Zone in Jackson. Everywhere else you listen to this show, you are unaffected. So don't worry about it. No, how about this? Jay tweeted me. I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter if you want to tweet. He tweeted me and said, remember Rusty LaRue? Now, when I read that, I don't remember Rusty LaRue, right? Like, I'm going, Rusty LaRue? Is this even real? It sounds like a name out of a... some I don't know. Rusty LaRue. <laughs> starting QB on a bowl team, he says. Weekend starting pitcher on an NCAA baseball tournament team. And, then stop there, he was the starting point guard on a Final Four basketball team had a 4.0, was married with a child in college. See, that's probably what had him straightened away. Squared away, minding his business. He learned to juggle the schedule. I guarantee if he's doing all that, he wasn't the one up giving a bottle feeding at 2 a.m., I promise you. But then I had to look it up, Jay, because I didn't remember this. Rusty LaRue was on the 1998 
Chicago Bulls World Championship team. Played at Wake Forest University. Basketball, baseball, football. Quarterback, bowl team. Starting pitcher, tournament. Point guard, final four. What? Same guy, Rusty LaRue. The greatest multi-sport athlete you never heard of. <laughs> That's good stuff. I didn't know. Now, you want to uh, text the show? You can. 885-ESPN. You want to call? Love to hear your voice. 995-1059. 995-1059. That's a 601 number. Bama in Madison says that Burt Reynolds and Lee Corso were roommates in college. I did not know that. So they they were play they were teammates. I knew they you know both went to Florida State, but I didn't know they were roommates teammates. I had no idea. When did we lose Burt? Was it last year? Was it 2018 when Burt Reynolds passed? I think it was. Burt Reynolds, man. Smokey and the Bandit. Here's another text from Michael in Florence. Says go blue. But then it said Michael, it says WSU grad. Are you did you go to Washington State? How'd you get from Florence, Mississippi to Washington State? Now you're pulling for Michigan. I think you're confused. <laughs> That's what I think. And no doubt, Three Hump Camel responding to the Rusty uh, LaRue comment on the text line. Three Hump Camel says, and Wake Forest is really a tough school academically. No doubt. Look, let's just be honest. 4.0 at Wake Forest, you're doing something. Assuming it's a legit 4.0 and your mom isn't an actress who paid $500,000 to have somebody take your test for you, which we've learned... That's going on. Yep. It's happening. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for the text. I'll get some more. Now, I was going to pass this along to you. Uh, there's a guy who I've been following for years who writes for ESPN, and he covers college football. His name is Chris Lowe, L-O-W, no E on the end. And here we are. We're starting to kick it into football mode and look ahead to – scheduling and this team and that team and all this stuff. But I found it interesting. He has a column that he wrote at ESPN.com where he's lining out and categorizing who's got tough schedules, who's got easy ones. And in different ways, whether it be you know an easy schedule that's light on Power 5 opponents or a tough schedule because it's on the road and you know different things like that. The very first team on his uh, schedule list is Auburn as the toughest overall Power 5 schedule coming up for the 2019 football season. Auburn, now think about it, Auburn, Gus Malzahn, but I'm going to get around a couple other things. And let me give you a heads up. Coming up in 15, no, 20 minutes from right now, we're going to talk with Brandon Marcello, who covers Auburn for Auburn Undercover. Does a great job. Brandon Marcello is going to be by. We're going to talk Auburn. They are in the search for a new president. Their president's out. I don't know if they fired him or what. We'll ask Brandon and see what the deal is. 
Anyway, here's what Chris Lowe says about Auburn. The Tigers face six of the top 12 teams in the early preseason rankings, which we are very early. But six of the top 12 are on Auburn's schedule right now, and four of those are away from Auburn. You remember last year Auburn had all those home games? Now it's flipping on them. So the the season opener for Auburn in 67 days from right now, August 31st, they play 10th-ranked Oregon in a neutral site deal. Arlington, Texas, Jerry's World. So Auburn, Oregon, Oregon's ranked 10th. Then they're going to follow that up. They've got true road games at number 12, Texas A&M, on September 21st, at number 8, Florida, on August uh, October 5th, and at ninth-ranked LSU on October 26th. Now, in November, that means you're going to have some home games, right? Yeah, they get to host Georgia and host Alabama. <laughs> Good luck. Congrats, you get some home games in November, Georgia and Alabama. Good luck with that. So, look at it this way. Coach been there a while. Hot seat's been chasing Gus Malzahn around for a couple years, it seems like. And oh, by the way, Auburn is projected anyway to be starting a true freshman quarterback. Bo Nix, the son of former Auburn QB Pat Nix, Patrick, if you want to call him that. Patrick Nix ran, turned around, ran tall sweep to Stephen Davis about 105 times <laughs> during the 95 season. They were good in 94, too. Throwing that jump ball to Frank Sanders in the corner of the end zone against Florida in Gainesville. Yep. He could play now. Patrick Nix had some little magic to him. But it was pro style, buddy. Under center, tight end, toss sweep. Toss sweep, play action, throw it in the flat. Every now and then, throw it up for grabs. <laughs> that was his dad. Now, this is Bo Nix who was playing in high school football last year. Bo Nix, who played, I remember, I guess it was the opening weekend last season, they televised it. His team there in Alabama, coached by Patrick Nix, played against Hoover at the Hoover Met, and they televised it on ESPN last year to start the high school season. So that kid is projected to be, about to be, Auburn's starting QB. We'll see if it happens that way. And he's going to be on a team With a coach whose fanny's getting warm, who's going to start the season in neutral side against the 10th-ranked Oregon Ducks, and then hit the road to Kyle Field, 110,000, two weeks later. And then they're going to have trips at Florida, at LSU. And they'll have home games with Georgia-Alabama late. The toughest overall Power 5 schedule, there it is. Auburn, that's according to Chris Lowe. Hard to disagree with that. Who has the easiest the easiest Power 5 schedule? <clears throat> he gives it to Virginia Tech. The only game that Virginia Tech has on its schedule against an opponent that's ranked in the preseason rankings, it's on the road against Notre Dame on November the 2nd, all the way to back to start November. But they have an open date right before they go on that. So they don't leave the state of Virginia for five of their last seven games. 
And even though they're in the ACC, they don't have to play Clemson. They don't have to play NC State. And they miss Syracuse over on the other side as well. So the easiest overall Power 5 schedule in the country is going to Vitek. And on this schedule list, again, it's Chris Lowe. He wrote it over at ESPN. Uh, he says that the cushiest close to the season goes to Kentucky because it's like, let's see, they have Louisville, UT Martin, Tennessee, Vandy. So he says they have an easy close to the season. And he, he put Mississippi State in here noting all the road games. Listen to this, Bulldogs. State's going to be living out of its suitcase from September the 28th to November the 2nd. In those six weeks, State goes on the road to face Auburn, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. Whew. Living out of a suitcase. Bye, honey. See you in a month. (laughs) All right, hour one in the books, hour two coming up. Brandon Marcello, kick it off for us. Y'all stick around. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 